This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Abortion providers in Illinois and Wisconsin are teaming up. That's because abortion access is almost completely eliminated in the Badger State. Here's Jennifer Welch, who's the CEO of Planned Parenthood Illinois, at a press conference yesterday. I'm proud to announce a unique partnership between the Illinois and Wisconsin Planned Parenthood affiliates. Abortion providers from Wisconsin now travel to Illinois several days a week to expand access to care at our Waukegan Health Center. We're going to get the details on this new partnership from WBEZ public health and politics reporter Kristen Schorsch. Hey, Kristen. Hey, Sasha. To start off, was Planned Parenthood Illinois prepared to join forces with Wisconsin? Yes. You know, Planned Parenthood of Illinois opened a health center in Waukegan along the border of Wisconsin in 2020 um, with Wisconsin in mind. Uh, Wisconsin has a law on the books from 1849 that took effect when Roe v. Wade overturned that Mm -hmm. basically bans nearly all abortions except to save the life of the mother. And that law makes performing abortions a felony. So, you know, these two organizations, Planned Parenthood of Illinois and Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, started talking last year about ways to expand access. In Illinois, if Roe v. Wade was overturned, those talks intensified in the last few months. You know, we had the the draft opinion leak and then the final opinion in June overturning Roe. And that's when Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin stopped providing abortions because they didn't want to be charged with a felony even though the Wisconsin governor has said he would grant clemency to anyone charged under the old law. So this has been in the works. I see. How big has the increase in patients coming here from Wisconsin actually been? Yeah, Planned Parenthood of Illinois says that they have seen a crush of patients from Wisconsin since Roe was overturned last month. They said that they've had a tenfold increase. Wow. It's obviously pretty big. That's a lot. Well, tell us about the uh, Waukegan Clinic on the uh, Illinois-Wisconsin border. Is it a new one? Yeah, so again, it opened in 2020 uh, with, with, you know, with Wisconsin in mind, should Roe fall. It's a big clinic. It's in a former bank. It's on a busy street surrounded by a lot of retail, a lot of businesses and strip malls. It provides abortions, but it also provides a lot of other health care, which is common in a lot of Planned Parenthood clinics. Um, you know, general health care for women and men, birth control, STD testing, things like that. So we're clear, are abortion providers who used to work at Planned Parenthood Wisconsin are they just driving over to Illinois every day to perform these abortions? They're commuting certain days of the week. Okay. So not every day. But yeah, it's a commute, right, to come from Wisconsin down to Illinois. They're basically sharing space with providers from Planned Parenthood of Illinois. Um, so yesterday, you know, there was this press conference announcing this partnership. And Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, like the majority of their team, doctors, nurses, support staff, uh, they're commuting to Waukegan to provide abortions. This partnership allows the Waukegan facility and and specifically to double the number of providers who can perform abortions there. So, you know, that's because they can expand hours, they can provide more appointments. And they also were talking about how this will also help expand telehealth services across Illinois. So not just in Waukegan. Mm-hmm. Is it normal, Kristen, for, for medical providers to be licensed in more than one state? You know, it's not uncommon, especially like on the borders of of states, uh, but not typically this volume. I mean, having like an entire team, almost an entire team come from one state to another to provide abortions, you know, at a clinic that is not something they're opening. Yeah. Do you think that we're going to see a lot more of these kinds of partnerships between Midwest Planned Parenthoods? 
You know, that's what the president of Planned Parenthood of Illinois was saying yesterday, um, that she predicts that this could basically be, you know, some sort of, of model. I mean, you've got, you know, Illinois surrounded by states that have heavily restricted abortion. Um, and then Roe v. Wade being overturned. We have Indiana later this month scheduled to have a special session to talk about perhaps ways to further restrict abortion. So, so yes, they do think that there will be more partnerships and at least other states reaching out asking, how are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Do you think that this partnership, though, this one between Illinois and Wisconsin, that it goes far enough? You know, I think this isn't just about Wisconsin patients. It's about, like, current patients, right? Is there going, are there going to be enough providers to, to provide all the health care? Right. Um, you know, before Roe fell, I was talking with a lot of abortion providers, including Planned Parenthood of Illinois, but, but also others at other independent clinics. And the staffing issue was a huge issue. You know, it's not about having enough providers to provide the abortions, but it's all the other support staff, the nurses, the medical assistants. So I think we're just going to have to wait and see. Illinois expects tens of thousands of additional out-of-state patients. Mm-hmm. That's what they were saying before Roe fell. So, you know, this partnership obviously is preserving access to abortion for residents from Wisconsin. Um, But there are also residents from other states coming here right now. That's a good point. Will support staff also be crossing the border to work here in Illinois? They said, yeah, they said it's doctors, nurses and support staff from Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin. And I'm I'm curious, but are, are the providers from Wisconsin paid by Illinois Planned Parenthood or Wisconsin? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to find out as as this, of course, you know, progresses. We're we're literally living it right now. Uh, WBZ public health and politics reporter Kristen Shorsh. You can read her full story all about abortion providers in Wisconsin and here in Illinois. Teaming up at wbez.org. Thanks for talking with us, Kristen. Sure. Thanks for having me. And we're going to keep this conversation going. Let's hear more about how Illinois is stepping up to increase abortion access for out-of-state residents. Joining us are two people on the ground. Megan Daniel is program manager at Chicago Abortion Fund. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Thank you so much for having us. Also with us is Dominique James. Dominique is a volunteer case joining manager at the Chicago Abortion Fund. Hey, Dominique. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So we were just talking about how Illinois and Wisconsin, how they're teaming up to boost abortion access here for out-of-state people. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, We'll start with you, Megan. Sure. So we're really grateful that you're getting this information to your listeners. Um, At Chicago Abortion Fund, we've been working in really deep partnership with Planned Parenthood of Illinois for years, as well as the Women's Medical Fund, our sibling fund in Wisconsin, and Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin. And having more doctors come into Illinois to support the increasing number of people here um, and Illinois folks who need care is is so important. Um, And to give you some context, in the first three months of this year, 2022, um, around 80 of our 2,000 callers were from Wisconsin. And in the three weeks since Roe was overturned, banning abortion in Wisconsin effectively, um, we've supported for 50 people from that state alone. Wow. Um, so we've we've heard from approximately 500 people from 21 states uh, since that time for context. Um, and we were ready to support these folks because of this really deep partnership we've had with Planned Parenthood of Illinois um, and these structures that we've been building since before Roe was overturned. Um, and we want to emphasize really strongly that um, 
these deep partnerships are part of the reason we've felt ready because um, we've been working on them for years and mm-hmm. cultivating this sort of deep trust and care with our sibling fund in Wisconsin, like I said, the Women's Medical Fund, um, as well as Planned Parenthood of Wisconsin, whose affiliates we'd, we'd been sorting ca- our callers at for, for quite some time. Yeah. Well, Dominique, what about you? You know, what else would you like to see abortion advocates in Illinois do to serve out-of-state patients? Definitely. I think that partnership is a phenomenal starting point. But for people who want to contribute more, we need investment in in abortion funds. Like Megan mentioned, we have this vast network um, between organizations like ours and abortion providers. And so we have the structure in place. So we need investment so we can really expand that care that we want to provide. We also want to see an expansion of who can provide abortion in our state. More than a dozen states in the country have permitted advanced nursing and physician assistant staff Mm -hmm. to provide abortions. But here in Illinois, there are only 11 of our 102 counties that have an abortion provider. So if we allow more medical staff to provide abortions, that means more people be able to access care. Mm -hmm. We also want to see people advocate for $0 co-pays for abortion care. Currently, Medicaid covers abortion in Illinois. We also have tons of callers that aren't able to access Medicaid coverage or have very high co-pays for their private insurance. We just paid a $3,500 bill for a caller caller with private insurance. Wow. I want to talk more about uh, how abortion access has changed, but uh, let's talk a bit more about the work that you're doing. Sticking with you, Dominique, how closely are you working with these patients? I'm working with them day to day. I'm texting them, calling them, supporting them as they try and access care, as they set up their appointments, as they're actually at the clinic, following up with them after they've received their care. So it's very intimate work. Um, So coordinating the logistics, but also making sure they have everything they need in place, whether that's securing their travel, making sure they have gas money, helping them access childcare for people who need to have their children watched while they travel. Mm -hmm. Megan, how about you? Tell us more about your work. Yeah, so um, like Dominique mentioned, the the work that we do with our callers, with patients, is really, really intimate, and it's such a privilege to be able to enter into this sort of sacred space with folks um, and to be trusted with this part of their process. Um, And as a staff, we want to create and be constantly updating a really robust system of resources so that our case managers and our support coordinators have all the info they need to guide our callers to their appointments safely and effectively. Um, and we've been able to do this because of deep partnerships across the Midwest and across the nation, really, with other sibling abortion funds and with other clinics. So we have information ready about abortion pricing, about what travel will look like, say, from Kentucky to Illinois or from Indiana to Illinois, because we have the grounded expertise of our sibling funds in those states, right? And so we all work to work together to cultivate this information so that our team has everything they need to do that direct support that Dominique mentioned. Mm-hmm. We could show up with gas, childcare, um, mini grants for electricity bills if needed, right? So working together to book a plane ticket or a hotel stay. Dominique, how have you been feeling since Roe v. Wade was overturned? Um, the feeling I think would be one of stress. It Because of how intimate our work is, I'm seeing every day the real-life impacts that this is having on our callers' lives. Mm-hmm. We've had callers who had their appointments scheduled, they were ready, and then with the trigger ban, their appointments were canceled, and they're scrambling to access care. And so it, things were already urgent, um, and like Megan said, we've been preparing for this. 
but being actually on the ground while it's happening, I think it is stressful because I want to help as much as I can. And there are many obstacles um, complicating delivering that help to our callers who need it. Yeah. Megan, have, have wait times been longer to get an abortion? Wait times are definitely longer. So as independent clinics and Planned Parenthoods alike have had to close their doors due to state-level trigger bans, we see less and less providers available for the same amount of people, right? Um, and also phone lines are busy, but clinics are doing their best to scale up too. So they're adding additional patient care days and hiring more staff and, and opening more clinics. Um, and everyone's doing the best we can uh, we can to, to make sure that folks get the care they need and that they deserve. Um, and we want to say, right, that if you need an abortion and you're not sure where to go, you can go to INeedAnA.com. It's this amazing tool that you can enter your age, your zip code, and how many weeks it's been since your last menstrual period. And it'll show you the clinics closest to your zip code, and that's a great place to get started. And you can also call us, even if you haven't set up an appointment yet, um, but you know you'll need help with, with funding or practical support, and you can reach us at our helpline at 312-663-0338, um, and you can leave a voicemail, and we will call you back. If you're just tuning in to Reset, I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and that is Megan Daniel and Dominique James from the Chicago Abortion Fund. We're talking about the steps abortion advocates in Illinois are taking to increase access for folks who are coming from out of state. Um, as we've talked about, Chicago Abortion Fund, it doesn't just offer the financial support that it takes to get an abortion. You're also offering that emotional support, too. So talk a bit more about that, Megan. What is the impact of that work on you? That's a great question. I mean, I think in general, we're centering our callers in this work. First and foremost, we want to make sure that they make it to their appointments and they have everything they need. Um, and folks in reproductive health rights and justice spaces had been expecting this decision for a long time. But like Dominique said, it is, it is stressful because you're feeling the stress that our callers are feeling. Um, and so we're supporting people from Kentucky and Indiana and Louisiana, for example, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Um, of the 33 states our callers have come from in this year alone. Um, and abortion is still legal in Indiana. It's still legal in Kentucky, where their trigger law banning abortions was blocked by a court order. And same thing in Louisiana, right? Yeah. We don't know when these things will shift, but we expect that they will. So there's this sort of sense of urgency, like Dominique said, around getting callers from these states to their appointments if they're getting seen in those states. Um, and so there is this added layer of you know, making sure these folks have everything they need. We're always going to show up for all of our callers and just meet them where they're at. Um, But we're trying to stay grounded and level-headed and just make sure they get the care they need while they can still get it in their home state. And, you know, Dominique, everything right now is more expensive, right? And this, of course, includes gas prices. Have costs been a barrier to, to folks who are traveling to get an abortion in Illinois? Definitely. Um, I really appreciate this question because cost has always been a barrier to abortions since they've cost money. And that's why our fund started in 1985. And we're seeing that impact even more now. It has traditionally disproportionately impacted pregnant people of color, black pregnant folks, indigenous people, incarcerated people, and poor and working class people. And right now in the pandemic, we've seen that exacerbated. As Megan said, sometimes we give many grants for people to pay their electric bills. There's many people who they needed to drive to get their 
um, access their care. Mm-hmm. But they had they didn't have insurance, so we had to help them get their insurance reinstated. And so there are all these different um, economic stressors that are converging when people are in this urgent moment to access care. And so things like gas, as you mentioned, things like rent, things like child care, those are all complicating getting care. Well, Dominique, help us understand here, what is the price range that we're talking about? Like, what are the actual costs of not just having an abortion, but even coming out of state to get the abortion? Definitely. So when you're coming out of state, you're thinking about things like travel. So we have gas, we have flights. Also, some people, they need to stay overnight. So then there's hotels. And then for the abortion itself, um, it kind of varies by clinic, insurance status, and how far along you are. And so with, for the abortion pill or medication abortion, that can cost anywhere from 250 to $450 with telehealth providers. Mm-hmm. There's also in-clinic options um, on average up to 10 weeks that can cost anywhere from 500 to $700. And then from there, depending on the state, it can be up to $900. That's not cheap. Not cheap at all. And then it can go even higher than that. And so people are trying to figure out how best access care in the most cost-effective way and having to find options in other states where they can afford it more. And so that's also a reason why you see people traveling um, to Illinois. So, Mm -hmm. for example, in Indiana, where it may still be legal, it's very cost prohibitive. And so it can sometimes be cheaper, even when considering the travel costs to come to Illinois. Megan, Chicago Abortion Fund's got a lot of volunteers. Have you mm-hmm. you seen a lot more people lately signing up to volunteer? Yes, absolutely. So we've been scaling up our staff for a long time. We're onboarding around 15 new volunteer case managers, and we're continuing to scale up and scale up to meet the growing need um, to make abortion access a reality for everyone. Um, We're just really blown away and humbled and so grateful um, that people feel called to offer their skills and expertise in this moment. Um, And this is what we want to see, right? Everybody has a skill to offer. Everybody has talent um, that they can contribute to this moment. What we want to stress that that we really don't want to see is folks recreating the wheel or trying to start a new organization um, because it can be dangerous um, in the worst case scenarios, right? And lean into expertise that already exists, right? Like Dominique said, our fund started in 1985. Our other sibling funds have been around for just as long, some of them longer. Um, And so try to get in where you fit in, right? A mentor taught that you have skills to offer, and there are so many creative ways to get involved. If you're an artist, host a community event, um, have a a circle or a house party around um, what abortion access looks like in your community, right? Write letters to loved ones, have heart-to-heart conversations, donate your money. I think folks feel that that's somewhat impersonal, but when you donate to an abortion fund, you are quite literally making abortion accessible for one person, for two people. Dominique mentioned mini grants. You're paying somebody's electric bill. You are paying for somebody's gas to get to an abortion. So that direct service that we're doing, we're texting somebody saying, hey, did you make it? How are you doing? Do you need more gas money? Your donation lets us do that. And so when we talk about the impact, um, whatever you have, whatever you can give, it is quite literally making abortion more accessible. And I, I really want to stress that for folks who feel like they want to get involved. Absolutely, Megan. And Dominique, before I let you both go, you know, last word to you, your message to folks who are coming to Illinois from out of state. I, I know earlier we talked about wait times, you know, being longer now. Do you advise maybe that folks start the process earlier? 
Um, I think that folks should start the process whenever they can. And I think it's important for them to know that we're here for them wherever they are in that process. And we will try our very best to make sure that they're able to access care and they have all the support and resources that they need to do so. That is Dominique James, volunteer case manager, and Megan Daniel, program manager at Chicago Abortion Fund. Thank you both for the update. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.